Hello and welcome to Nurturing Resilience. I'm Leisha Nelson. This is a podcast for cultivating connection, belonging, and safety through stories of triumph and post-traumatic growth, sprinkled with a little bit of magic. I am so glad you have joined me. Let's dive into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to today's episode. I am super excited to have everyone here meeting my dear friend Shannon. Shannon is a complete joy and pleasure and we had so much fun on today's podcast. Shannon is a coach, a mother, a wife, and friend, and self-proclaimed wild woman. Shannon is on a mission to inspire women to break out of the box we have been kept in so we can be free to infuse the world with our unique gifts. Her deepest belief is that when you reclaim who you are, you can experience the abundance of pleasure that is available to you in this lifetime on this earth. Being in Shannon's presence and held in the embrace of her unconditional love is a gift. Her unique gifts are to remind you to be wildly kind to yourself, nourish your soul, and reclaim who you have always been. And that's exactly what we dive into today in this episode. We talk about how to nourish yourself, even if you are a really busy mom, because Shannon has two young kids and has experienced this a lot herself and works with a lot of women who are also in that phase of life. She talks about her own story about reclaiming her wild woman and what that even means how to be wildly kind to yourself and how that can change your world. We dive into how creation and destruction are related and really quite necessary for any transformational process. And she even dives into some of her own birth story with her two sons and the power of a woman's body when we surrender and try and let go of that control, which is so hard to do. There were so many moments in today's episode that my heart was literally warm and expanded. She sheds so much wisdom and light around connecting with the earth, connecting with yourself, and just really how important it is to nurture yourself. And when you're able to nurture yourself and care for yourself, that's actually a gift to other people and actually increases the joy and the love and the depth and the intimacy of your relationships with your body, with your partners, with your friends, with your children, whoever you happen to be in relationship with. So just a reminder before we dive into today's episode, you can find me at leishanelson.com and also my Instagram account, which is leisha underscore Nelson. And I really appreciate when You enjoy my podcast if you share it with your friends or family, or even reach out to me and let me know what you learned. If there's topics you'd like to hear about, or if you'd like to be a guest on my podcast, please reach out to me. I am also available for one-on-one deeper work if you're interested in nourishing fertility, regulating your nervous system, deepening or healing your connection with your womb. Maybe we should jump on a consultation call and see if we're a good fit to work together. Let me know. All right, and now on to Shannon. I met Shannon through Diana, who took my trauma-informed course um, in 2021, and we just hit it off. She's a love coach. She invited me to come in and teach a couple courses for her love coach and relationship program. She has a married and a single program um, to come in and talk about attachments and relationships and nervous systems. And you were in the married cohort. It was. Yeah. So I actually covered her maternity leave. So I, I stepped <laughs> into this already formed group that was such a great group. It was like, it was such a blessing because I didn't have to do anything. I just had to show up to this amazing group. <laughs> And then we were like, Leisha, you're here. Let's ask you all the questions. (laughs) 
she did not know what she was getting into. We were so there for her. Yeah. <laughs> All of her uh, magic. Yeah. yeah. So you were in that group and then we just kind of kept talking and, and talking to each other on Instagram and you yourself are a coach and I'll let you kind of talk about what kind of coach you are and yeah. what you do and, and how you move through this world. Cause how you move through this world is with so much heart and so much love. Thank you. Yeah, I'm a coach. I work, I work with people of all genders. Most of my clients are women, but I have worked with men too. And most of the folks who find me come to me because they, they feel a sense of like, not being sure of where they're at. They don't really know who they are and they don't really know where they're going. <laughs> they want to know all of those things. And they're just really not sure how to, how to discern that. And so with like deep amounts of self-compassion and tenderness and, you know, some healing, we get to a point where they actually no longer feel afraid of the unknown. Mm. So that's kind of how, how I work. But lately I've been expanding in my own life into really naming that as like reclaiming who you've always been, who you've always been. That's what ultimately it comes down to. When you, when you know who you have always been, you can never be lost again because you don't really change. The essence of you doesn't really change over time. What happens over time is that we get conditioned to think we should be somewhere that we're not or look a certain way or not speak our voices or not share our passions or even just like carrying the messages that we've inherited from our families. Stories of, no, I can't do this because it's not productive enough. It's not going to be successful enough. It's not good enough. I'm not good enough. You know, I think almost all of us carry some of that. And so this like reclaiming ourselves, and I call it the wild woman, is really about allowing ourselves to return to who we've always been mm -hmm. so that we can then carry on existing just as we are. Mm. I so love that because what I see so much in maybe the spiritual communities, the online spaces right now is fixed fix yourself, change this. And there's not a lot of language around the, diving into the, you said, essence of who you already are, which I think comes one by looking at that conditioning and that patterning. And so much of it comes in our childhood. And also like, how do we nourish ourselves? Yeah, exactly. It's what's really interesting when you start to ask people like, what nourishes you? What supports you? What feels fun for you? What feels, what brings you joy and pleasure? And they're like, I don't know. Or, oh, I used to like doing this. And then I had kids or, well, I, you know, before I was married, I used to do this. Or when I wasn't busily balancing all of the things, I really loved to do this. <laughs> and, and somehow somewhere along the way, we've forgotten or to give ourselves the gift of just letting ourselves have fun and joy, which mm -hmm. nourishes us right? when we get to play, when we get to be wildly free and creative and, and joy filled and just really accept that part of who we are as being enough. Mm -hmm. It's kind of magical. So magical. Um, I'm actually really glad we're starting the conversation here because I spent a busy week with my sister who has two young children. And then the next weekend I was at my other sister's house who also has two young children. And we got into this really kind of deep, fascinating conversation around health and wellness and watching our own parents age and how we can support them and, and what help means. And this is really deep conversation, but we were, I was saying to her, you know, one of the best things you can do every morning First thing in the morning, go for a walk so that you can get that. Even if it's 10 to 30 minutes, the research says is like, get your eyeballs in the sunlight. And she looks at me and she says, I can't, I can't do that every day because I start work at 6am. I'm, you know, I'm getting my kids out the door and she's listing all these things. And she says, I cannot build structure into my life. This is the moms of America, like, welcome to moms. This is how it is. And I paused because I was like, wow, it's so easy for someone like me 
who doesn't have children to do these structural small changes. So being a mom yourself, I know you have young kids mm-hmm. that you're raising, you, you're working, like, how do we start to support these really nourishing changes that we know are good for us, but we're, we're busy juggling the millions of things that moms juggle. Unfortunately, they don't have the support. How, like, what do you, how do you support women through that? (laughs) Well, what I've been enjoying exploring with my clients who are also moms and like, even in my own self is like, totally like going back to like a blank slate. (laughs) First of all, nourishing ourselves does not need to happen only in the morning. (laughs) It doesn't need to happen only in the morning. Even just the idea of, you know, so many folks talking about the morning routine and it needing to be like quiet and mindful and, you know, journaling or yoga and meditation and, you know, water or something, not coffee. (laughs) You know, I have played with all of those things. The reality for me is that what nourishes my body is like staying in my cozy bed and then inviting my kids when they wake up to cuddle with me. Like that actually really nourishes me. And then when they're eating their breakfast, I sit out on the deck for 10 minutes and I watch the sky with my coffee, you know, and they're there, you know, they happen to be there at the same time. And then you know, it piecemeals up like throughout the day. It's almost like sprinkling little moments of nourishment through our day at times that we don't always think of as being the times when we should be doing this. Mm. (laughs) Even what that looks like could be different. A client of mine, for example, was really attached to this idea of her needing a morning routine. She knows she really does well when she has that time for herself in the morning. And I will say when I can wake up and have like literally even 10 minutes of quiet time before my kids wake up, if I can have 10 minutes of like my own mind, (laughs) that, that makes a big difference. But for her, she really nourished her was like to sit in her hot tub and have a coffee. And she wasn't allowing herself to do that because she felt so guilty that it wasn't how it was supposed to look according to, you know, all the things we see everywhere. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Instagram people telling you, you know, you're supposed to be doing this and do you have a morning routine and, oh, it's so good for you. And all of those things, it's all great. It's all true. It's just not for everybody. So I think if I could say anything, it would be, well, what, what could it look like for you? When could that happen for you? What, what could it look like with your kids? Like, how could you involve your kids in this moment? Or, you know, I'm thinking about your sister who starts work at 6 a.m. God bless that woman. I know. <laughs> no idea I know. how I could start work at 6 a.m. I would die. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, I, I think there is no like one right answer. It's going to look different for every single person. And that's the permission we get to give ourselves is, okay, if I didn't need to look like anybody else in nourishing myself, if what nourishes me didn't need to look like anybody else's, what would that be then? And how can I let myself release the guilt or shame that's associated with my joy, my nourishment, not looking like everybody else's or even you know, coming at the expense of spending time with my kids, how can, how could that look if I could do that? Yeah. Uh, So well said, really beautiful. Um, It really makes me reflect on the permission piece. Yeah. And even, you know, similarly in my own life, I have a, I actually recently did a post on this on Instagram of, I had a really, really busy bodywork practice. And I'd, I'm trained as an occupational therapist and I was making my practice look like a clinic, like an occupational therapy practice, like the chiropractors in the city, like what everyone else is doing because that's quote unquote what we should do. And I never, and I burned out and I hated it. Well, I loved and hated it. There were bits I loved. <laughs> there was like this lack of self-permission yes. to say, this is my business. I get to run it however I want. 
And it doesn't need to look like what the chiropractors in the city are doing or the massage therapists in the city are doing. Like I can see one client a day if I feel like it, if that's how it works for me, right? Whatever it is. And I never gave myself that permission. Mm. It literally came down to like this permission and also setting boundaries of like, this is how I work. You take it or you leave it. Like you come see me under these conditions or go see someone else and being okay with that. Yeah. So this permission piece is so, so huge. And um, I think it's something that a lot of, I don't know, maybe this is going to be a generalization, but I don't think a lot of women really give themselves permission to do what we want to do. Yeah. 100%. It's almost like we, we feel like we need someone else's permission to do whatever it is that we want to want to do. And I, I, I mean, I don't know because I don't talk to, to guys as much as I talk to women, <laughs> but I don't have the same sense that they do ask for permission. Um, even if I think about like my own relationship and, you know, I have noticed myself saying to my partner, Hey, I'm going to have a shower. Is that okay? <laughs> Like, like he's going to say no, he never would say no, but I'm mostly saying it because I want to inform him that it's, I'm not going to be available to parent the kids. He just goes and has a shower and doesn't tell me at all. Like, he's just like, I'm having a shower or I'll hear the shower running and I'm fine with it. Like, it's so interesting to even notice the small ways that we are still seeking permission. And I'm speaking about myself, but, but that does translate to a larger conversation about well whose permission do we need I have a funny story about you know my own experience of rewilding and giving myself permission to to jump the line let's say (laughs) to do what I'm not supposed to do I was like out for lunch with a friend and um I had parked in a parking lot and when I went to go get my car there was this massive line of cars to exit the parking lot and it only one exit. <laughs> I was parked right at the front of the line, but instead of going just like poking my little car out and sneaking in at the front of the line, I decided to wait at the end of the line because that was the good thing to do. You know, there's a line, I should wait in the line, I shouldn't bud in the front and just exit. And I sat in that line for actually two hours. And it was a a crazy experience because I was thinking the whole time, like if I had only allowed myself the permission to go this way, which is where I was actually already there, I was already lined up to go out quickly. I could have been out of this parking lot two hours ago. Instead, here I am sitting inside of this line because I thought I should. And so it was a really interesting moment of like, what the question was that I discerned at that time was, what would a wild woman do? And for me, this is my own question for myself. Like if I was a wild woman, I would have gone just straight out the line. (laughs) So really cool story again. I just went to a baseball game with my kids. I had a car full of kids. Like I was driving seven children home from watching this baseball game. Same exact scenario parking lot, one exit, massive line of cars. And there was this clear path to get to the front of the line. And the wild woman was like, oh, oh, heck no. (laughs) I am not waiting in that line with seven children in my car. I'm going to the front of the line and I'm going to just go out because I'm already lined up to do that. I don't need to go to the back of the line. Yes. Will that slow people down at the back? Sure. But what do I need right now? I need to get these kids home because they're really tired and I need to get home too. (laughs) Anyway, it was just a really interesting example and story of, you know, what if we allow ourselves to do things that we don't think we should, but that support us, support our lives, support everything. Mm -hmm. So this, this uh, brings up two questions. One, the wild woman, which Mm -hmm. is, Mm-hmm. why we kind of decided to even talk today <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so the wild woman I'd love I'm going to ask two questions here I'd love for you to kind of explain what is the wild woman to you mm-hmm. and then it brings up this other piece at the same time I'm holding of like well what if we all did whatever we want this world might get a little 
chaotic, like in a way, right? Like there's this fine line of doing what quote unquote, whatever we want, whenever we want versus still holding other people in mind, still yeah. holding the collective in mind, because there are times where, and this is maybe I need to work with you as a client, but there are times <laughs> in my life where if I did whatever I wanted, it would affect the outcome for other people, maybe negatively. And me having this tendency of like a fawner and a people pleaser, I, depending on the situation in the past, much more so than the now, I would choose the other way versus mm -hmm. myself. So mm -hmm. big question, but let's start with what is the wild woman <laughs> and then move into like, well, would that just end up creating chaos in the world if we all just did whatever we wanted? Right. Okay. So your wild woman and my wild woman are not going to be the same thing. There is no one wild woman mm. and what you want and what I want to do are going to be completely different. So, you know, me in that moment in that car lineup, for example, maybe there were other people who were really quite content to sit in that line and like they had their own thing going on or who knows what, right? Like, I don't know, but what in my mind, a wild woman is someone who returns home to herself into her her body her innate way of being and knowing her way of moving in the world her way of like nurturing her soul and follows that right it's not about creating chaos in the world though i think it could be perceived as chaotic for example I have been, the beach near us is closed right now. So I've been swimming wherever I want. <laughs> now, if the entire city was swimming wherever they want, I don't know what might happen to the river. But I know when I think about my own self, let's say, you know, me, myself, I am thinking about carefully where it is that I'm swimming. I'm not disturbing anything. I'm not like putting garbage into the water or leaving like I am thinking about other people while also allowing myself to swim because I want to I'm getting what I want because I want it and keeping other people and future generations in mind there's a beautiful analogy I was doing my force bathing guide certification this past weekend so that's a whole other conversation for another time but one of the aspects about forest bathing is having a forest tea so you're gathering plants as you go along the walk to make into a tea to serve at the end of this walk it's a way of like really allowing yourself to drink a cup of the forest almost now right so beautiful someone said today well that well that sounds like it could be really bad for the forest well the what is really important this teaching that I absorbed was, you know, if you're harvesting a plant, you harvest just enough for you. You leave some for the plant and you leave some for future generations of people. So I'm not taking more than what I need. I am thinking about what is what the plant needs and what future generations need. So, you know, there isn't anything really more wildly beautiful than regenerative, you know, interdependent, ecosystems right like 100 percent. yeah like if you think about just like let's just switch it from being wild humans wild women to like reclaiming land and you know if we're looking at how far we've come down the path of like industrial agriculture and monocropping and all of those things and how difficult that is for the land for the soil when let's say we're planting a field and all it ever is producing is corn or potatoes and it's depleting the soil so like if we all were just exactly the same it wouldn't work it in fact requires some amount of not chaos but diversity in order to thrive and we need to remember that we all do better when we follow our own guidance and nurture what we want because we have something to offer our wild is needed it's necessary for the whole ecosystem to work 
And maybe it's not us that's the problem and our chaos, if we imagine it, that's the problem. It's the idea, and I'm gonna say in Western culture, that chaos is bad. If you travel to other parts of the world, like India, I traveled to India, for example, there were stoplights at the intersections and not a soul was following them. And <laughs> it looked like chaos. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I know I've been there. It's chaos. <laughs> this is the end of my life. But everybody seemed just really like lean into the chaos. Like there was this like confidence. You just had to go. You weren't waiting to see if it was going to be somebody else's turn. You were just going. And there's something so free about that. And when you just go with the flow, whatever that is, like in this case, the flow of the road, it all works. It all works together naturally. Mm-hmm. So when it wouldn't work would be if someone was like stuck there in the middle, <laughs> stopped, and then nobody would know how to go. So like really allowing ourselves to flow and be wild helps everybody. Just my belief anyway. Oh my gosh. You said so many beautiful things. I'm going to start with reflecting on when I was in Bali and I rented a scooter and I was with a friend (laughs) and we, I mean, it's like India, right? Like just chaos. And we ended up in like rush hour traffic at five or 6 PM. And the scooters, the reason why scooters are great is that you can go on the side of traffic, but it's like cars, this little tiny scooter lane where also people kind of weave in and out and sometimes cars weave in and out. And at first I was really timid and really careful and really trusting, really trying to obey all the laws. And it was so stressful. And finally, I just had this moment where I was like, I got into the rhythm of the traffic and the flow. Yeah. And I ended up like, just going and being with and immersed into this chaos and I was fine yeah and I got to my destination probably like 30 minutes before like my friend kept doing the same thing and then I got to the destination and was just sitting there waiting um and worried because I was like oh god did something happen to them (laughs) they were fine but it's still it's like it's this line of how can I just go into the chaos, trust the process, surrender, know that I'm fine? Yeah. And just that to me is more nourishing and replenishing to my nervous system than the stop, start, worry. Yeah. Not trusting. Fear. Yeah. So much fear. Yeah. Um, and then the diversity in, in, in thriving, like we actually thrive more. And I love that you brought in nature because that's something that I reflect upon a lot and sit with a lot. And I know you go in nature a lot. Mm-hmm. I do too. Yeah. That has really helped me understand and see like nature has so much to teach us. It does. It really does. Yeah. It and part of teach us really. Right. And part of that is the, is the diversity and we can't do single crop fields. It depletes our soils and Mm -hmm. our health system and our food system is crashing because of it. Like, yeah, we're on a brink where we need to make some really, really big changes collectively in our food system so that we aren't as depleted so that we can have more thriving in our systems. But like, let's just say we took that exact sentence and you say we're at the brink of needing to make some collective changes because we are depleting our systems. Let's just apply that to our body systems and our, mm-hmm. our like, like souls, mm-hmm. right? We need to make some collective changes because we have been depleting our systems by trying so hard to make everything fit into these like perfect boxes and control everything Mm -hmm. I think that's where the wild woman becomes such a beautiful doorway into what could be possible right what could be possible and I think because we I'm going to say we (laughs) maybe as women have been conditioned to obey (laughs) nothing that we're going to do that is wild is going to be so wild that it's going to upheave the system. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. The other part that is so necessary to like keep in mind is that while our wild chaotic selves exist as necessary in terms of like regenerating life, there's also the element of the feminine magic that is so nurturing and so mindful and so intuitive and so deeply healing, deeply nurturing of the, the whole, right? That, that we innately embody more often than not. So again, like if you were to imagine ourselves allowing for this, like, let's push our definition of nurturing to include nurturing our wild selves. <laughs> let's stretch the idea of like caring for caring for this, the whole world, the collective, while we're needed, our wild self-expression, creative expression, our joy, our passions, our voices, they're needed. Yeah, so needed. And it it brings up something you and I were talking about just for a minute before we decided to hit record, which is And you kind of brought it up with, you know, in Western culture, we're taught that chaos is bad. It's destructive. It's going to destroy us. And we need to do everything possible to not have chaos. And, and I don't think that's the truth. Like there's many times when in the moment of chaos, I was like, oh dear Lord, am I going to survive this? You know, (laughs) like, oh (laughs) And, uh, but then in the aftermath of the chaos, whether it's something needed to change or I needed to change or an aspect of me needed to shift or change and, and all of that brings with change comes this feeling of chaos, but every single time it benefited me in some way, Mm -hmm. whether it was because I needed to learn something because that change was necessary in my life to put me more into alignment and into more nourishing practices in the end it's like I needed this this kind of chaos and destruction and it's not singular I go back to integral theory and sitting with both and Mm -hmm. feminine or the wild woman has this beautiful chaotic energy Mm -hmm. that is just powerful for creating change And we have this amazing nurturing mother, like the true mother, the embodied mother, right? Energy, the true archetypal mother that I feel like women can hold both. Yeah. We hold both. We do. I'm really curious. Like there's so many things like images popping through my mind, but what is really like coming into my mind is like my experience of motherhood feeling like chaos a lot Mm -hmm. you know the kids have their own wild energy and it's really interesting when I think about my wild woman and then I think about my kids and I'm how often I think oh they're too wild and I'm like oh my word how often have we how how have I actually like absorbed this message that there is such a thing as too wild what if this is what was running through my mind. I was simple, simply able to imagine myself surrendering to the chaos around me and seeing what joy there is, right? Like it's wildly playful and wild amounts of, of noise. It is alive. I am never bored. <laughs> There's um, just wild amounts of laughter and like joy and creativity. It's very chaotic and you know, would I like it at some point to to be less chaotic? Yes. And, and I get to trust that when this chaotic phase of life recedes, I'm going to miss it. (laughs) I'm going to be left with, oh, wow. Remember all the play that used to happen in this space? Remember all the mess that 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 used to bring? And, oh man, I miss those little beings now. Yeah. I was really thinking about too, like birth is really quite a chaotic experience 
you know, there's nothing like controlled about it. If anything, I think probably in trying to control birth, it's caused more harm than good, right? Yes, 100%. My message. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, again, like, as you imagine, you can surrender into trusting the process, trusting the chaos of the moment, trusting your body to do what it's going to do, trusting the people around you, trusting everything. It becomes so much easier to exist in the, the chaos. I remember like birthing my second baby, both my children, actually. I, I knew that my body could do this. And I was trusting the process. The first time I had my first son, I was having a birth at the hospital. We got to the hospital and they were like, you're ready to have your baby. And I had been in labor at home on my own. And maybe I got there too late, I don't know. But it ended up with a bunch of interventions that I really didn't understand why they had to happen. Like I didn't get to actually have the birth experience that I wanted. And our second baby was born at home by accident. Like it was not really, we didn't plan to have the baby at home. We were ready for that possibility, but it was the most empowering thing ever. I literally was like, okay, I feel like pushing. And they're like, okay, it must be time. And let's just get this baby out. And was it wildly like energetic? Yes. But like, I cannot tell you if I felt pain because I was just in the moment. And at the end of it, I can tell you that this baby was born and I felt like blissed out, even in this moment, like conjuring up this imagery in my mind, like brings tears to my eyes about, you know, when left, when left to trust, when surrendered to the process, this like beautiful birthing into something you couldn't even imagine is possible. It really is. It's so amazing. Like women have this capacity to enter into this chaotic space of birth and our bodies are designed for this. They're designed for chaos and for it to come out as a whole other entity. We're, we're designed for the wild woman. Right. I love that. It's like, I love this analogy. So when you went to the hospital and they're tried there was like more control and more quote unquote, certain way we do things here. Um, it led to intervention. Yeah. Like you weren't allowed to actually be in your wild chaotic self. And we have to also bring in like the intuition and the instinct of the baby. Babies know what they're doing. Yeah. Like they're, we're born. (laughs) Like we, when we're born, like it's all instinctual and how it gets so misconstrued is, is the control and like, no, this is the way things are done. And yes, there are times where intervention in hospital birth, I'm thankful for it because it saves lives. And like, if we, it's the concept of orgasmic birth, right? Like it gets to be chaotic and exhilarating at the same time. Yeah when we surrender. (laughs) Yeah. I know it seems really counterintuitive to imagine chaotic, orgasmic exhilaration being surrendered and trusting, but that is the beautiful balance of the feminine and the feminine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how did you come into, I'm sure there's a story here around (laughs) your own birth into the wild woman. Like, like we said, we're conditioned. We grew up certain ways. <laughs> My household, actually, we grew up very like children are quiet. There wasn't a lot of um, play. If there was play, it was set, like go outside to play or very specific structured play certain ways. If my mom was listening to this podcast, she might disagree, but. <laughs> Hi, mom. <laughs> and so there's that conditioning of like, play looks like this play mm-hmm. happens this way. And like, so all the conditioning are like the chaos is quote unquote bad. How did you come to meet your own wild woman? How did you realize, oh my God, I have this amazing wild woman inside of me. I'm going to attune and come into coherence with her to guide me through my life Mm. oh my goodness we might need a whole other hour (laughs) to answer that question but I will say that I think when I became 
Okay, so there were a few sort of entry points. I went, I went on a girls' cottage weekend with some friends I had never met. Literally, I had only met one of this, these friends on the internet, like during COVID. And she happened to have this birthday coming up. And I was like, yeah, I'll totally come to this cottage weekend. And she and I, she's a wild woman. <laughs> and we went down to the water's edge. And it was November, as I said, in Ottawa, Canada. So not hot. <laughs> in fact, snowing. And the lake was like foggy and misty. And it felt like we were the only people in the world. The water was just flat. And I don't know what it was in my body, but it said, you need to jump in now. I didn't have my bathing suit on. Neither of us had our bathing suits. And we just, we did. We like stripped down to our unders and we jumped in the icy water. And it was so exhilarating and wild. And I did it another four or five times that weekend. Everyone else did not. <laughs> but something about like going down to that dock and like I went to the I did yoga on the dock I went in the water I like just really absorbed this moment it's just like unlocked something in me that felt like I just needed to to, to just explore this and so over the last I guess almost full year I have been like undoing layers and layers of places where I am you know where I had been holding myself back with, you know, you should not, or it is dangerous. But even when it comes to like joy and pleasure in my body, like this idea that I can like love my body, love my body in whatever shape it looks like to allow myself to believe that my body is capable of way more pleasure than I allow it to experience. If I trust my body and I release all the shame that comes with you know, even just conversations about sex, let's say, you know, I've really got deep into this stuff, like really deep into, you know, even just shame around talking about sex and what, where that came from inside of me. And ultimately what opened the, the door for my own experience was again, like literally coming into knowing what I like, like I love when my partner rubs his fingers on my back and that is the doorway into all the rest of everything it just like something about it but I would never even have thought that it could be as simple as that that it could be as simple as like allowing myself to swim in cold water or as simple as saying can you just softly run your fingers down my back and that that opens the door into everything else mm. so those are just like two tiny moments in like a sea of moments that have allowed me to unlock my own wild woman in addition to like just really embedding myself inside of conversations with other women who I hear time and time again are holding themselves back because they still are even as women in our 40s and 50s carrying the voices of our parents that say you are shouldn't do this you're too loud you're too blah no that's too risky you need to be in this safe job that's going to provide you this security and you know what does that it really as a mom I begin to sort of hear myself thinking you know how can I how can I speak to my children and role model for my children so that they are not carrying my voice inside of them 40 years from now in any way that tells them that they shouldn't follow their dreams, their passions, their curiosities. And if I was to give myself that same permission, the same talk, how can I speak to myself such that I am not further embedding any beliefs that I can't swim where I want, when I want, <laughs> experience mm -hmm. the pleasure I want, you know, all of that. I don't know if that answers your question. It's a really long answer, at least. <laughs> no, I think it does. It's like, it's these moments. It's the small moments that build up over time. Yeah. That heal our bodies and our nervous system and bring us into greater alignment and you know, trauma, usually trauma is a large, not always, but big T trauma is like a large event. Something happens that's so overwhelming for our nervous system. 
And when I talk about healing with people or trauma resolution, we have to do the opposite of that. That's what I usually try to think of it as when I'm working with trauma. So it's like the one big pleasurable experience isn't going to come blast through and create trauma resolution. (laughs) It's like these little moments where we learn to reorganize our system, where we learn to lean into pleasure because if whether it's conditioning or trauma, our nervous system gets, is not wired for pleasure. Like pleasure is not safe. You know, we're looking for the threats and we're on guard and it really is these really small moments of like, what's pleasurable in this moment? In this moment, it's jumping in the water. Yeah. What's pleasurable in this moment? In this moment, it's um, holding my husband's hand as we go for a walk. Yeah. It's like these little, and then allowing our bodies, get going back to that permission piece. Yeah. Of like, oh, I'm going to give myself permission to enjoy this pleasure and, and lean into this pleasure. Mm -hmm. to kind of rewire my brain and my nervous system that like my body likes this yeah and that's okay (laughs) yeah yes yeah Yeah. so it makes sense that there's not like one big thing you know it was little moments of finding your wild woman learning to trust her tuning in with her and build it's almost like building a relationship it's like you're dating it is it is like I'm dating I mean I will I do have always said that you know before I met my partner that I really chose to be in a committed relationship with myself mm-hmm. and it's it's interesting to imagine what that looks like when you're also in a committed relationship with a partner and then when you add children into that you know that the relationships your energy gets diffused <laughs> into all those places So I still like, certainly the thing that I have really learned in my lifetime, you know, maybe the one lesson I'm here to learn is to, to really believe that being in a committed relationship with myself, that relationship is the most important one, because it is from that place that I then can regenerate and create more energy to be in relationship with my partner to be present in the chaos with my children, <laughs> not be overwhelmed entirely by it, right? When I have come into like nourishing myself, then everything else happens from there. Yeah. Because if we aren't nourished, like today we're recording this podcast and I'm on day, I think like three or four of not sleeping through the night because of a sick dog and I'm sleep is my thing. Like, yeah, sleep is so important. So important for my body. Like, even if I'm going through a really big emotional process or an energetic process, I end up like I process through sleeping. Mm, me too. So, you know, I'm definitely like a little depleted and I'm noticing myself because I'm not well nourished and because I'm not sleeping well. Like, the last two days, I'm noticing myself just like, not speaking to my partner in the ways that I normally do. Mm-hmm. Like there's just an edge to how I'm speaking to him. Um, I just don't have the capacity to be as compact, you know, and he's not even doing anything differently or wrong. It's just that <laughs> I don't, I don't, ha- I'm not nourished. Yeah. So I can't show up in the relationship with him like I normally would. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, well, we come back to self-compassion again, like it is wildly kind to yourself mm-hmm. to acknowledge that you're just not yourself today. It's so wildly kind to do give yourself grace. I love that. I love that. Wildly kind. I don't know if you've ever said that before, but that is a beautiful (laughs) word, like a beautiful um, phrase. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Like, like, how can we be wildly kind to ourselves? Oh, yeah. You know, if you were to ask yourself that question, like, how can I be wildly kind to myself today? It just brings this whole like, well, like upswelling of love in my body. I don't know how it feels in yours, but. I'm like, oh, 
yeah <laughs> my body really wants that <laughs> mine <that> too <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it just yeah for the people listening it just it's like yeah that's a beautiful question to start to ask yourself is um, how can I be wildly kind to myself today how can I give if I could say permission or say yes to something to me today yeah what would that be I give that I ask that question a lot to my clients yeah me too you know yeah. what in the moment like when you come into your body and you're like really sitting inside of whatever the emotions are that are arising and just simply even allowing them to exist right to like notice and allow and acknowledge and accept the emotions that we have all of them and then asking yourself what do I need in this moment what does my body need in this moment what does my soul need in this moment the wild kindness is in gifting that to yourself whatever that response is of what you need yeah mm, so well said um I had another question <laughs> totally left me <laughs> along these lines um here it is okay what would you say to our listeners, to someone out there, maybe especially a busy mom or a new mom um, or a woman that is not in touch with her wild woman, that mm -hmm. has never experienced this? Like, how would you start to say, this is how to start to connect with her? Mm -hmm. This is how, if I could give you one piece of advice of how to meet your wild woman or start to attune to her, this mm -hmm. is what I would recommend. Mm. what makes you smile mm. <laughs> you know when you're experiencing joy you can't help but smile you'll feel yourself smile <laughs> when I'm when I am like in my aligned self my like joyful self my wild woman I am singing in my head <laughs> mm -hmm. and I notice when I am depleted that my, there's no songs in my head anymore. It's just like quiet in my, in my mind. I'm not laughing. I'm not able to like enjoy the small moments. So I, I really would say, hmm, literally pretend you're like experiencing life in super slow motion. What are you noticing? That's making a smile want to come mm -hmm. and like follow that little smile wherever it takes you <laughs> just wherever yeah. it takes you and just all. yeah just surrender <laughs> trust that yeah I love okay so you said that you you're singing in your head I get outrageously creative oh yeah like I have this side of me and I was sharing this with a friend who said well, if the teacup stops talking to me, then I know that I'm not in a good place. <laughs> and I understood. Yeah. Mine is <laughs> singing in my head. Totally. Like I'll see a spider and I'll end up having like this quote unquote fake conversation, you know, like, hello, Mr. Spider. And he's like, oh, and that's how I know I'm nourished. I'm in a good space is because I end up having this like really imaginative play mm -hmm. come out that yeah. children have of like spiders talking and teacups yeah. talking and like I go to that place yeah and that's how I know I'm like <laughs> life is good right now because I'm having conversations <laughs> with spiders <laughs> I love that because again like nobody else would define having a good time as having conversations with spiders it's so perfect <laughs> right it's like yeah the singing and the singing in your head it's like I'm in the for I'm hiking in the forest and I'm yeah. singing in my head I'm talking to the plants I'm like having conversations with the crows it's just like that yeah. imagination is so online when oh. I'm nourished oh yeah me too like I am hugging all the trees I am like stop it. I notice things I wouldn't normally notice like I really like can see tiny little moments in the world that other people don't notice they just don't it's my little my little magic gift and it's so special so it's 
it's kind of beautiful to experience the world in that way. It really is. When it comes to like being a busy mom, Mm -hmm. like I'm putting myself in that place. Not that I'm not a busy mom now, but I am in a season of spaciousness where my kids are both at school again, it's like full time. So I have numbers of hours where they're not with me. And I think even this concept of time that not everything has to happen now. If you were to allow yourself even the permission to believe that it's okay to not be able to access your wild woman right now because you're completely consumed with keeping another human alive, that is so fucking wild. (laughs) That is a fucking wild ride. And like literally like oozy. You're all in the bodily fluids. It is like you're in the wild. There's, you don't need to put any more pressure on yourself to be any more in it than you already are. It will come where you get to rediscover you. But when you get there, just know that you've changed in the process and to let go of the expectations of ever returning to exactly how that looked before, mm-hmm. right? Like, I know I said that the essence of you hasn't changed and it hasn't it also has expanded as Mm. you go through this process of motherhood. You have a whole different experience of life as you journey through being a mom. And even if you're not a mom, like all of us, our lives, as we journey along, we, we, we expand, we grow. And when you grow and you expand, you're not gonna be able to fit back into whatever it was that you used to look like. No. (laughs) It's fine, like not, it could be as specific as saying like, I'm never going to fit back into the pants I wore when I was 28 (laughs) or 18. And I'm like, why would I bother comparing myself to that person? God love that version of me. But like these hips have birthed two kids and like traveled the journey of this pandemic (laughs) and like the loss of friends and family and, and all of these things. Like I am a different person than I was 30 years ago, but why am I still holding on to being that version of me? So all that to say, you are changing and expanding and there's no perfect time for that to happen. It will happen in its own perfect timing. Mm. It's a great reminder. I, I have a tendency to lean more towards like, okay, the decision I'm making now is the decision I'm making for the rest of my life and it's set in stone. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm working with a great somatic coach right now personally and had an interesting incidents come up and I, I messaged her and I was like, I have no idea how to respond to this person. Maybe it's no response. Maybe like how, what do I do in this scenario? And, and she reminded me, she said, work with it for a moon cycle you know, like set the intention, like figure out, set the intention of what you want the outcome to be, figure out what needs to be released. And then in the next moon cycle, see where you're at. See if you need to respond then. See if, you know, just like the action now today might not be to respond, but the action in a month might mean, yeah, I'm ready to respond or I need something else in this action. And, And it's really allowing the space of, okay, I'm a busy mom. I'm in the, the goo and the juice and the vomit and the, the <laughs> chaos, like that's oh, enough. Oh, <laughs> All the <yeah>. poop. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, one of the things that I loved about being in that in Diana's group was that there was another woman in the group who was in a different season of her life than me. And and my mom passed away. So I don't have her to talk to you anymore about like knowing this seasons of life, but there is something kind of nice about it coming from someone who's not so close to me. And she said, you know, you're in the trenches of it right now. You are, it won't feel like this forever. And I know that to be true because I'm in a different phase than I was, you know, five years ago when my youngest one was a newborn. So, you know, when it comes to parenting, it isn't it is a cyclical process. There's, there are different cycles and it's going to feel different when you get to a different phase in your cycle of of this journey. Yeah. 
and how how can we have that how can we be wildly kind enough to recognize in this moment it's enough I don't need to like do all this processing work or I don't need to go do xyz it's like I'm at capacity so the the wildly kind thing is to Mm -hmm. not go beyond my capacity and do more and just and I'll do it later when the time is right yeah 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 I feel that way about processing trauma and uh, it's something I've been speaking more to lately it's like you know, that again, in the spiritual community and in the Instagram world, it's like process, process, figure it out, heal. And I'm like, yeah, if it's the right time. (laughs) Yeah. I loved, I loved, and I think Diana got this from you, but what she said was we don't always have to do the, the heavy work of processing in order to heal. Sometimes we heal by living our lives. We heal by living and, and that was really so freeing because, you know, the personal development world would have you believe that you need to keep doing the work. Mm-hmm. And I call bullshit. You don't need to keep doing the work. You can just live your life and that's enough. <laughs> totally. And if there is a time that you need to process, it will present itself when you have the capacity. Absolutely. And, and that's when you're being called to be wildly kind to yourself in those moments because they will come. Yeah. Mm, So good. Mm -hmm. Um, Anything else you want to add about being a wild woman, the wild woman, your wild woman? (laughs) Well, I think mostly I would just say, if you're curious about exploring your wild woman, I would be so delighted to get to connect either on Instagram, I'm sure, Alicia will put my Instagram stuff in the the notes of the podcast or via email or wherever. (laughs) And in the meantime, all I would say is to trust that your wild is going to look very unique to you. And nothing I can say uh, or words I can create would actually conjure up your wild. You need to discover that yourself but you don't need to do it alone. Yeah, right, right. You don't need to do it alone. There's so much support and you you can guide women through this process. And I mean, so yeah. You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are doing that work too. It's so much fun. It's like deeply a deep honor to get to hold women as they explore reclaiming themselves, reclaiming their birth experiences, reclaiming their bodies, reclaiming their sense of sense of inner peace as they think about their own lived experiences. Yeah. Yeah. And like reclaiming that pleasure and joy. And again, it doesn't, I just love so much how you were like, it doesn't have to look how everyone's doing. It doesn't have to look like the woman on Instagram. It doesn't have to look like you know, how your neighbor's even doing it. It's like, if you have five minutes to sit in your hot tub and drink a cup of coffee and that's what's nourishing to you, like, yeah, do that. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) It's so yummy. (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. Well, how can people find you? I know you, um, you offer support for rewilding the wild woman inside. Um, Yeah. How can people work with you? How can people reach out to you? Well, they can find me on my website, shannonclarkcoaching.com. That's a good place to start. It's going to be changing because it needs to, but um, the website, it'll stay like that address will stay the same. Instagram is where I spend a lot of my time, but email, email is always great as well. Or come to Ottawa, we'll meet up. (laughs) I know. I would love to one day. Um, What's your Instagram handle? My Instagram handle is Shannon underscore Clark underscore coaching. (laughs) Easy. So Shannon Clark coaching. That's like pretty much across the board. Yeah. Amazing. Well, anything else to share, Shannon? Any last words for our listeners? I feel like we've said so much. Mm -hmm. Like Like, you've spoken gold today. I just want to say there's so many things you said. I'm like, oh, yes. (laughs) Thank you. 
I don't think I have any last words because I think really now the process is just trusting that whatever you're meant to take from this experience will seed itself and grow. Again, reflecting on nature, right? Seed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Growth, mm-hmm. time. But but I do want to say a deep thank you for this conversation. It's been so soul filling and good and yummy and mm, it's feeding my soul. So I hope that whoever listens to this also enjoys it. Well said. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you. All right. Isn't Shannon the best? If you would like more information about her services, her coaching, she does amazing programs around forest bathing and with rewilding. She does in-person and distance sessions as well. So be sure to check out her website. It's listed in the show notes, but it's basically shannonclarkcoaching.com. And you can also find her on Instagram at shannonclarkcoaching.com as well. If you have any questions for me, again, please reach out to me anytime. And thanks for joining us today. Looking forward to my next episode with you.